0: Good evening, guys. Howdy, howdy. Mary. We're here for another episode of some Bible studying. We are starting with Revelations. Yes, we're fools, but <laughs> with things going on today, kind of sounds like a good spot to start.
1: So, you know, this this is a, actually a long time um, idea of, of Nicholas over there. He he wanted to do this about a year ago, Nick yeah I had kind of heard about it and, and Mary had heard about it and they talked about it a little bit and I kind of came in into the picture a little bit and we said you yeah, know let's just do it. let's just let's just try to you know take our backgrounds, which are different denominations that we were raised in and let's just go through every verse of every chapter, every book in the Bible and see where our differences in you know denominations really lie. Uh, This is not a matter of trying to disprove or um, convert people or we're not trying to say, well, you're wrong, Nick, because you believe this and I'm right. Or I'm apparently I'm wrong because you think you're right. No, that's not what it's about. We are three people that are of like mind. We're all, we're all Christians. We're all um, for the most part, not, not as active as we'd probably like to be. Um, And this is one of the reasons why we wanted to do this, to try to strengthen that, that testimony of, of, the lord's word right so that's kind of where we're at and we're hoping that people like what we do um and we also hope that you look inside yourself if you're listening and watching and and see some of the differences you have with people you come in contact with of different denominations and maybe realize that maybe there aren't so many differences and even the differences that that are there don't really matter at the end of the day we're all christians that's right
0: we're all here for the same thing to make it upstairs
1: exactly well, yeah. Sunday, we talked about chapters one through three of Revelations. As Nick already said, you know, Revelations is not really a good, normally a good place to start. But the reason we did that is twofold. One, the way things are going right now in, in, in the present time, it, it just, it's worth trying to, you know, repeat and, and um, re-educate and reinform people, and even especially Christians, of the, the things that Jesus wanted us to know what's going to happen. And the other reason is because, you know, start sometimes starting at the end and then going back at the beginning and going through the whole Bible, you get a better appreciation for the end. Yeah. It makes sense. And, and none of us, I mean, we, we all are, have some, some level of understanding of the Bible and experience and have read a little, if not all, maybe retain some. But the more you read it, the more you learn it, the more you understand it, And, um, you know, the key to that is, obviously, is you have to have the Holy Ghost with you when you do it. You have to open yourself up to that. And and, uh, with that, why don't we take that minute and let people pray on this?
0: Yeah, let's all take a minute, a moment, pray the Holy Ghost to help us understand what we're reading. Amen. Amen. Well, I got my 1885 Bible right here to watch while we share a screen. And Mary's got her little thing, I'm sure.
2: I have two different versions, just in case.
1: So, so one more thing before we get diving into the, uh, the, the fourth chapter here um, with Revelation. Just so y'all know, we do a little bit of research on these these, these books and chapters, not a whole lot. Basically, we get the summary and and kind of figure out from our own denominations what it all means and then we come here to basically compare notes right. you know so we we go through each each verse we may stop we may keep going if if one of the co-hosts want to say hey hold on i want to say something about that we're going to stop just so you know cuz we want to go ahead and deal with it right then we want to feel what that it. person has to say so yeah. that's where we're at all right it's my cue to share my screen right it's your cue
3: chapter four john sees the celestial earth the throne of god and all created things worshiping the lord
0: could you i don't know but i i I gotta tell you it's kind of interesting imagine being john and seeing
1: something like that to me it doesn't i mean it doesn't really i know people that have gone through i may have mentioned this last show but i know people have gone through all the books in the bible and all the chapters and literally read the summary and that was it really yeah, to just kind of get a gist. Of, it's, it's the same people to go to the back chapter in a book and get the ending and say, oh, all right, I got it. I know what happens. <laughs> Isn't that,
0: kind of, that kind of like learning something through Cliff Notes?
1: Pretty well, no. Cliff Notes takes more work because you got to go through every page it's about. but
2: It kind of sounds like it to me. Um, it
1: is. It's Would That's
0: you like a- me to read what my summary says, Ferris? Please. It's kind of reading the same thing, but differently. John seeth the throne of God in heaven, the four and twenty elders, the four beasts full of eyes before and behind.
1: See, there's a little more detail to that. And, and I will tell you that, that that does cover some of the actualities in there. So yeah, we'll see. Chapter
3: four. John sees the celestial earth, the throne of God, and all created things worshiping the Lord.
4: After this I looked, and behold a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings, and thunderings, and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass, like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne, were four beasts, full of eyes, before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, and is, and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created
2: um i was trying to follow along with both of the versions that i have in front of me but yeah. since that is reading from the king james i was actually reading along with the new international version and in verse three, where it says a sardine stone, the new international version calls it a ruby. So mm. that's
0: interesting. maybe
2: a sardine stone and a ruby mm. are synonyms for each other. But that's one of the reasons why I think it's interesting to have different, um, translations when you're studying so that you can kind of compare the verses and see what one says and if one doesn't make complete sense to you then maybe the other one will
1: um so yeah another another thing interesting about that mary is that um the the whole point of us doing this was to show those differences and not not necessarily in the books like i said but you know it it if somebody thinks one stone means something to them, where another stone that's in another book means something totally different to somebody else, as far as magnitude of value, right? If it was a sandstone versus a ruby, you would take it differently. You wouldn't take right. it that it's a it's a the magnitude of the, of the vision was as immense as it is, right? right. Something as simple as that is perception.
2: So, I think it also helps for when you're seeking truth, if you have multiple versions to be able to read, if, if you read one set of like, you know, maybe not just one verse, but if you read a text and then read the same text from a different version, Something that sounded confusing in one text might make more sense to you. Very similar to, I was trying to explain to Owen, he was asking me, what was the difference in a new American standard and, you know, a new international version? And I said, it's, it's the same word. It's God's word. It's just different, you know, ways of saying the same thing. And I referenced to him, you know, if somebody made a post or if he made a post and posted on social media and somebody commented cool and then somebody else commented awesome, they're both saying the same thing. They just used a little bit of a different word. And he said, oh, so they're synonyms. And I was like, yes, exactly.
1: It is worth mentioning. And we forgot to I just want to go back. You know, last Sunday we, we covered chapters one through three. And the main focus of that was Jesus talking to John, the divine, explaining to him things that, these things that are. So he's explaining like the present, what what it is, you know, who he is and all that. This chapters four and beyond, some argue eight to chapter eight or whatever, we're going to cover four through six, are, you know, the things that are to take place. So here is where it gets in the meat of of what the predictions are basically the predictions that are going to happen you know which is really cool Uh, that's the part we're waiting for right didn't take long to get into it did it yeah you got anything else Nick Want comments on that no I was going to
0: bring up a definition of that Sardine Stone but we don't need to drag that one out go for
1: it while I'm getting everything set up feel free you want me to yeah it's not what I want it's what the people want
0: So, let me go to the one I've seen. This is from BibleStudyTools.com. Sardine Stone. Says, a gem of blood red color, it was called Sardius because because obtained from Sardis and Lydia. It is enumerated among the precious stones in the high priest's breastplate. It is our red carnelian, whatever
1: carnelian, like a cardinal. I don't have it pulled back up. Did it actually say sard? It said sardine stone, right? Yeah, yes. Could it been a, a, and this is just me being who I am, but it could have been possibly that they, they saw whatever you said, sardius stone. Yeah. And maybe they like sardines and ch- I don't know, because I, I mean, the thing about the different doctrines is interpretation. We all know that different ways of interpreting uh, the same directive literature, right? The same yeah. piece of information getting to the same point, because at the end of the chapter, I think the point is still the same. It's just how there were slight differences, like Mary pointed out, between one version of the Bible and the other. Um, or one person's opinion based on interpretation and in another. So is it possible that certain words could, can change a perspective completely? Or is it something we're just looking a little bit too deep in? Ruby, was, Anna, start...
2: Yeah, I was just trying to make the point that I think when you're trying to study, it's it's a good thing to have more than one translation because... There might be words that are similar, but one is easier to understand than the other.
1: Right, I totally get that. I think what I'm what I'm trying to convey is that it, when you have different words in different translated books, um, right, you you end up getting. I think people end up getting hung up on. Well, that's a ruby and that's a sardine stone, but the description of them are very similar. So I think right. the point. I think the point is it's a red deep red stall and this is this obviously all this is nitpicking on the scripture but as we go through the bible i think we're gonna see a lot more bigger topics that show those obvious differences in how people interpret the word it's interesting all right let's
3: play this chapter five john sees the book sealed with seven seals and he sees those people redeemed out of every nation he hears every creature praising God and the Lamb.
4: And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book, written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book, and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon.
1: So right here, what I found interesting when I read this was, and I guess I, I'm just my, in my ignorance, I didn't realize in the timeline order of things. It is still kind of cool from from the perspective that here's John sitting there just you know, seeing Jesus resurrected, and now he's getting about to get all this information. You know, he's probably wondering. I know I would be wondering, why me? You know. Um, oh yeah. With all humility and say, why? Why am I going to have this premonition? Why am I going to have this, the privilege of, of knowing what's to come? It
2: you know, would and be, we get more. It would be very humbling to be able oh, yeah. to have insight to what heaven looks like and the throne in heaven, you know, like that would be a, I would think that would be a very humbling experience to be chosen to.
0: I'll tell you what, for all the prophecies people may have seen through the Bible, to see revelations has got to be the most like mind blowing. This guy got to see the most.
1: And we're not crazy. even halfway through chapter five yet. I mean, chapter six is where it really starts to blow up with imagery, you know? Um, so. Let us continue.
4: Good. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns, And seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts, and four and twenty elders, fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps, and golden vials full of odours, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, and tongue, and people, and nation. And hast made us unto our God kings, and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels, round about the throne, and the beasts, and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, to receive power, and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb for ever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth for ever and ever. Hmm. Does that make you feel, Nicholas?
0: That's kind of crazy. I, I'd love to know what he's seeing when they're talking about, like, there's 10,000 times 10,000 freaking beasts, and thousands upon thousands, like... i love to know I what also, they're referencing.
2: I also think it's interesting. Nick and I were talking about saints um, last night. Yeah, that hit call. my brain
0: as soon as he said as soon as yeah. I said saints.
2: So, in the... <clears throat> New International Version, Um, it says the prayers of God's people. So, it, this version does not say saints. It says God's people.
0: That's interesting. So
2: that made me think of you.
0: Me and Ferris were talking saints too, because we were looking up, trying to figure out who the first saint was. You
1: remember oh. that? Pope, mm-hmm. which I mean, so that was my question: Is Saint Synops, Synops- whatever the word is, synonymous with the uh, <laughs> thought, whatever the word is? Hey, don't mess around with that uh, word. Yeah, yeah, don't mess Synonymous. With that. Yes. There you go. Synonymous. <laughs> there was an in and there somewhere, and I couldn't find it. Um, <laughs> with with Catholicism, and, and that's why it's and. In, in, I mean, I'm just asking. I mean, is that why it, it was changed in that version, Mary? you think?
2: I. I don't know. I don't have that answer. I Um, mean, in the
1: spirit of pointing out differences in denominations, you know.
2: So I took two years of French, which is a Latin-based language. When my son took Spanish, I didn't feel like I was qualified to help him with Spanish. But that doesn't mean that there aren't some Spanish words that I know and I understand because Spanish is also a Latin-based language. So, going along with the whole, you know, different translations and synonyms and could saints refer to God's people? Obviously. Did they change it from saints to God's people because of that? I don't have that answer for you.
1: Well, okay, so there's another question. Here's a question for Nick. Can you answer that? Can you say that as a as a Catholic, have you ever been exposed to the notion that it is meant for certain types of people in the past and the future, like to to be given that title as a saint?
0: It's given to title to people who are very holy. They they tread the right way on the path, and they've gained they've garnered that, um, like Padre Pio and a lot of the popes I don't know that if not all the popes aren't considered saints afterwards and they don't usually get their sainthood until they pass
1: makes sense so what, well, I, what I know I... that
2: there are other places in the bible where it it, it you talks know, with saints talks about talk. saints and sinners yeah. so to me <laughs> when I read something that says saints or saints and sinners it's like a compare and contrast You're either trying to get to heaven and do what God told you to do, or you have no desire to obey the gospel.
1: So is it fair to say that the word, the description saints, I'm going to say it that way on purpose, um, could basically mean a person. It could be a person or people that have walked the path as best they can of Jesus Christ and try to live the best they could. And even, even those that have found and, 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 um, realize the folly of their sins and have now repented. And that's saintly enough. Um, the reason I ask because in the LDS, Woo-hoo. um, believe, sorry, i got a dog here. I can't help it. Um, <laughs> The LDS um, title, the acronym, the actual title is Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that's all inclusive of anybody that has earned, you know, their everlasting eternity by living the word of God. You see what Uh, I'm saying?
0: Yeah. So what Bible reading I've done when I sit at night and I do my reading of Different chapters and my my uh, plans they do on this app. And I come across any chapters where it mentions Saint, I kind of don't really pay attention because I automatically think Saint like how the Catholics have saints, right? Yeah, yeah. But now sitting here talking with you guys and hearing Mary's version saying God's people, and then reminding me where it says saints and sinners, it makes more and more sense that sinners are sinners, and then us people or whoever the people are that follow jesus the right way they're being considered saints they're the holy ones they're doing what god says to do it makes total sense
2: and even as even as christians or god's people if you want to include christians as a synonym for god's people um even as christians We're human, we sin. So we're trying to do what's right. And hopefully when we do sin, we ask God's forgiveness so that, you know, he will forgive us of our sins. But um, I think whether you fall into the category of saint or sinner, if you want to, if you really want to dig deep, depends on, you know what what have you done you know (laughs) like did you did you just get through sinning because if you just got through sinning then you know you're still a christian but if you're a christian who just got through sinning then you know you kind of fall into the category of sinner too (laughs)
0: yeah i would say so it's very interesting it's, it's, it's definitely, it's only our second run or our second episode here in our, and it's already making my brain rethink some of the things I've been reading.
2: But isn't that the purpose of yes, what we're doing? Yeah, it's already a good thing. The three of us have different backgrounds and, yeah. you know, we were raised similarly, but We all have the same goal in mind. We all want to get to heaven. And if you're going to study the Bible, you have to study with an open mind and an open heart to be able to receive God's word.
3: Chapter six, Christ opens the six seals and John sees the events therein. In the fifth seal, he sees the Christian martyrs. And in the sixth, he sees the signs of the times.
4: And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts, saying, Come, and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering, and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth.
1: So with this part, with the, with the first four seals, I had to do a little research on my I want to know more about the representation of of <laughs> these, these horsemen, right? Right. And, and this may not be new to anybody else that may be listening or watching but it was it was new to me and I wanted to know what it meant so obviously we're dealing with imagery and we're, we're going off of what John sees based on what Jesus is showing him um, and it's just it's just just huge magnificent scene going back to first the fourth and fifth chapters of setting the stage this is what he's going to see and all that and now you've got this ominous sight of four horsemen that represent what right right um and, and I, I think in a subconscious manner he sees with his eye what he's being told to see he's interpreting it a certain way and then in the in the subconscious it's like okay these mean this like it was a feeling i want to say I, I feel like it was a feeling that john had not so much a uh, a visual and I, of course this is an interpretation of a collection of different denominations, not just, you know, don't don't really know exactly, but all things point to these these kind of semi-explanations of what they represent. Right. So the first, the white horse rider with the bow is supposed to be the Antichrist, right? Mm -hmm. The second, a red horse rider with the sword represents war. And I'll stop there. So we don't know if the Antichrist has been born yet or, or exists yet, however it's supposed to happen. Right? We don't know that. We do know that it's believed that this person is going to be um, maybe a politician, a man of power or a person of power. I'm not going to say it's going to be a man, but, you know, whatever. Um, we do know a few things as far as belief, based on belief from research and, and what I've seen and read and all that. But we don't know for sure. And then the war is something we've seen for centuries. You know, me and Nick were talking, Mary, the other day about, you know, World War One being a pretty big event. And I'm sure there are a lot of Christians then in the early 1900s that thought, oh, this has got to be, you know, uh, an indication of, of the coming apocalypse, you know. But then everything got better a little bit across the world. And then World War II happened in the 40s or the 30s, rather. So. We've had these little hiccups like, oh, this happened. It's almost, almost the same thing as, as dealing with the, um, the millennial, you know, 2000. A lot of people kind of did the little chicken little dance and everything or, and skies oh, sky's falling and everything, but it ended up being not so. But if you think about it from from back, you know, as long as we remember, there's always been war. So that, that one alone is kind of hard to interpret what is the actual thing that's going to happen or has happened that that is a sign of, right? What is that, you know, and I know this is a representat- representation based on um, that actual horseman and what they're about to do. If you keep reading, you know, beyond chapter six and all that, but just kind of open your mind. It's kind of like, what are we seeing now that would indicate this is a good, um, there's a good chance that we're going through it, which is why we decided to start with revelation. Right. right. Um, And then you go on to the third one, which is the black horse uh, with a rider with a set of scales. This one kind of confused me a little bit. Um, So I really had to search search this one. Basically, it's a balance in scarcity, and the poor suffer while the rich are immune. Right. So it's a tipping scale kind of thing, kind of situation. And that's what it represents. And we're seeing that now. Oh, yeah. We're seeing how there's a, a stark difference between societies you know uh, statuses and you know now that we're seeing higher costs in living higher costs of everything and those of us that are were uh, barely above paycheck to paycheck are now below that right all of a sudden within a couple of years and i don't know that uh, as a as a believing christian i can't sit here and say that it's good I, I hope that it would get better but i just don't think it will um kind of backing up you know, trying to decipher visually and ex- and by experience presently, are these the signs that, that are being talked about? And obviously, they aren't in any particular order because the horsemen weren't in any particular order, except for in the Bible. Um, you know what I mean? So the Antichrist <laughs> may not even exist yet. They might. We don't know. Um, and the fourth one, a pale rider or pale horse rider of death. And then hell following behind, right? So bringing death with him. So I just thought it was interesting. I wanted to stop here. I personally would stop here and kind of dive into this. What do y'all? What do y'all think? I mean, as as it connects to what we're seeing, are we premature in the timeline, and we still have many, many, many years before this could happen, or is it upon us?
0: I don't know. Well, first thing I want to mention is the other way you hear the four horsemen, which is the way I normally hear it. Where the white one is conquest, red is war, black is famine, and
1: pale is death. Which is not un, it goes back to the stone differences, right? Yeah. It's not really, it's not really that much mm-hmm. different because um, you said white was conquest. Uh, conquest, yeah. Well, yeah, that would be the Antichrist's job, right? In the name of 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 Satan to to conquer through. Deceitful means, like we're we're not going to think that he's the Antichrist. Exactly, in my belief, we're not going to know it. I mean, like I said, there are very few things that that belief based on understanding and and research and other books of the Bible, things like that. Certain well, aspects, characteristics, this person could have. But we don't know.
0: It's interesting because it makes you wonder what order the horses come in. Even though they show there, they're saying white, red, black, and. But is that what order they come in
1: and what's what's furthermore you know did they star in wizard of oz oh listen <laughs> i <I'm kidding. So, laughs>
2: i have if you guys don't mind i have absolute. two things so verse six i think could seem a little confusing um the New International Version says after, after it gets into the verse, it says the creatures were saying two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley for a day's wages and do not damage the oil and the wine. So that might be a little easier to understand than, you know, the way that so- the King James Version presents it.
3: Yeah, and but, then okay, I so- also
2: have another opinion to throw at you guys that you probably won't think is a popular opinion. I don't think there's one antichrist. I believe there are many.
1: Why is that?
2: Well, okay. For example, Ferris, you, you like to dig into, you know, research and the meaning of things. What is the definition of antichrist? It's against Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So could there be many people who are against Christ? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure some people thought Hitler was the antichrist. I'm sure some people thought that, you know, like whoever was the antichrist. I don't, I I'm, I'm just saying, I'm going to throw an opinion out there. I don't think there's one antichrist. I hmm. think there are many antichrists.
1: Well, if there is something to say about the the four horsemen and the descriptions I just went through, um, and the interpretations that they could be, and that all of them could could represent a group of people, or an organization, or an idea, a philosophical idea, for example. Communism, um, uh, democracy, republic—I mean, I'm just throwing, throwing things out there that have power on on this world in this world, right? So, I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong at all because it would be uh, counterproductive to say, "No, Mary, you're wrong," because of interpretation. For example, the other the, the first point you made about the pound the 2 pounds of wheat 2 pounds of barley s- stick out to me as an interpretation because in the in the King James version it's a measure of so right. I would I would like to question and I'm not questioning you this is totally rhetorical but where does the me- the actual the specific measurement come from of 2 pounds and does it even matter I think the the message is a measure of wheat a measure of barley and see thou hurt not the oil or the wine or do whatever you had said in the, in the other version. But it's basically saying you poor people are going to get this, these crumbs, right? And you rich people are going to retain your riches and you will be separated by, that, by those two classes, right? So I guess what I'm saying is the devil's sometimes in the details, but sometimes it don't matter. And that's an interpretation. So yeah. back to your other back to your other point, I I can't disagree that it's not a it's not a representation of a group, that being the the Antichrist, because it could be a a group of people or a um, government that's <laughs> ushering in the anti Christian ways, and we're seeing that now, right. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting. I mean, look at what this, look at what the American, what American um, people used to be like as a whole family for, you know, God, family, country, God, family, country. And, and now you'll be lucky to find a large group in one area that still believes that those core values in that order.
2: Okay. Open. So, I'm going to throw a, a little something out here and nick this kind of explains what we were talking about earlier when i said something about a concordance um which you know nowadays you don't really have to have a concordance because we have you know the internet on our phones we can look up whatever we want to look up um but i remember my dad studying the bible and cross-referencing other verses that talked about the same thing that, you know, he was studying. So if you go to first John chapter four, verses one through six, it says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is now, or this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. So if that, you know, helps to say what I'm trying to say in a different way, um, And I'll, if you want me to, I'll finish with verse four through six, but it says, you, dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So when I read that, to me, when it says the spirit of the Antichrist, which is coming and even now is already in the world, that that's why... I believe there are many antichrists, and I threw that out there just because I knew that that might not be a popular opinion, you know. But it, it gives us something to talk about and discuss.
0: Did it I, think, I think antichrist. What you just read, because I only heard false prophets.
2: It did reference antichrist. Yes,
1: I missed it. <clears throat> I think I think you could you could disprove your point. Or, or disagree with your point and exactly what you said about um, Antichrist is already here in some facets, right? In some forms. Um, if, we, if we believe that it's a singular person, right? Jesus in this, is it kind of in the same way. The teachings of Christ Christ is, is, is already present on this planet in our minds and our hearts, you know, in our teachings and the way exactly. that we live.
2: Exactly. So he
1: is here. Um, but he is also a person. He is also a being. So if you if you go off of that, then the Antichrist may actually end up being a a being, somebody, an actual person. Yeah. One could argue that as well. That's interesting. I mean, I, like I said, I can see both both being very possible. Because where I'm, I mean, from a scientific standpoint, and if if seeing is believing. We're seeing the multi group or multi-person group kind of situation causing some things that are definitely antichrist like Yeah, it's against Christ. It's against the teachings. Right. Um, and we won't get in the details of all that. But people that watch this, you'll know what I'm talking about. There are things going on that this wasn't happening years ago, and you know it is what it is. But well.
0: With that, I kind of want to just a little bit touch on that. Just because okay, so you've read about the four horsemen. It says to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beats of the earth beasts of the earth. So you think about what's going on with hunger and death and with the sword. Maybe I'm crazy, but I tell I like I told you, Ferris. I always watch the headlines. I'm not a news watcher. I don't read full articles, but I watch headlines just to kind of keep up. And maybe it's just more in there, but there's lots of killing all over the place. Let alone a war going on and possible other wars, stuff still going on between like over in Israel. So killing is crazy rampant. The hunger part of it, let well, alone other countries already know starve of hunger, but Think about the shortage of food with farmers and stuff, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then you got the ma- every day there's massive recalls on all kinds of food and stuff. So there's like so much food disappearing between shortages and then recalls of contamination and all that. Then you got all the sicknesses, which yes, yeah, we are, but you got COVID that's been hanging on which now follow with the monkeypox stuff. Plus now like in New York where polio is resurfacing and getting really bad. And it's just like disease after disease all at the same time. So that when I see all that stuff, that it, it makes me think of this, what we're reading.
1: So some would argue, Nick, that you are maybe fearful more than anything. I am not one of those people. I believe that a lot of things that you see in the in, in news today, is a preamble or a piece of what we're reading in this in this chapter
0: well i can rest the people's minds it's not a fear thing i'm watching to see how close things are getting to what i read in this
1: well no sometimes fear prompts us to be prepared in fact it, it, in a lot of cases it does to to um, for example if I, i've got daughters and if i'm fearful that they are it, it could possibly be harmed I'm going to teach them certain things to to help prevent that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, so that, that's a fear that as a of a father, right? So fear is not a bad thing when you use it the way you're doing. And it allows you to open your eyes and and take, okay, this is what it said in chapter six, right, of of Revelation. And I'm seeing some of these things now. It's ultimately the the the, the end game for you after that. Uh, understanding and revelation. I need to change my life. I need to do better because it's coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's co- so, and that's the whole point. I think um, we we as a society for centuries, I could say, have been passing this this word around of God, trying to get more people to understand and know Him, and that He is the path back to eternity. Right. You know, righteous. Term. So that's the point. That's that's the whole point. And uh, the fear, I think, s- helps to um, helps to put us on that path. Therefore, fear is not bad. It's when we succumb to fear and give up and hide under our, our rocks and caves. Being informed, even in the littlest, the slightest way to get you to get a person to steer the right direction why not not? i say bring it on so all
0: right
1: we'll finish this chapter up yep awesome
4: and when he had opened the fifth seal i saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of god and for the testimony which they held and they cried with a loud voice saying how long O lord holy and true Dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them, That they should rest yet for a little season, Until their fellow servants also, and their brethren, That should be killed as they were, should be fulfilled. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, And, lo, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll, when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains.
1: Now, I believe that that, that seal is most likely to happen pretty much all at one time. Like, that's not a, for me, that's not a progressive step by step occurrence with the destruction and everything. I think it's gonna be like a domino effect. Yeah that's just my personal feeling. I mean, this is the third time I've read this in as many days and I keep getting the same feeling that that's all going to happen at one time.
0: But again, <coughs> also consider like we talk about the time frame differences with God and us. So how quick, but you saying like quick, quick, or you're saying quicker than everything else?
1: I mean, I mean like, a, 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 that's why I said domino effect. So like, don't know which one's gonna happen first but you've got maybe a series of months where just get you, we've seen all those natural disaster movies where one thing happens and then something else is a, is an effect of that thing and yeah. then something else of that thing on and on and on and, and certain there are certain scientific laws when it comes to earth that certain things have to happen before this can happen right mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's, it's not like it's gonna happen you're gonna step outside and see a the world as a widescreen TV, seeing everything happen at one time and different continents and all that. I mean, not to say that's not gonna happen, but no, I think it's more of a a short, short time frame, let's say two months worth or six months. And that's what I mean by time. So you're right, the our length of time is minuscule compared to God's understanding of time. Um The way I believe it anyway, like, for example, a thousand thousand years to us is one day to God, for example, something like that. Maybe it's 10,000 years. I don't know. Um, The Bible says a
2: thousand years is as one day and one day is a thousand years.
1: (laughs) Um, But what's funny about that, and I'm just going to interject this in real quick. We both saw something similar. It's a different location on social media, but it was saying that the words were used since the beginning of the world, right, Nick? Yeah, I think so. Since the beginning of the world, it has been five thousand nine hundred yeah. and and uh, what was it, eighty-eight days or ninety-eight yeah. day, uh, years? I mean, whatever. Yeah. yeah, so I think what they mean by world, given that comprehension of world started with man consciousness, I think they're talking about Adam and Eve. So when Adam and Eve was was given um, mortal life. Not like mortal life, but, you know, created. When they were created, that's when the clock started ticking. And here we are in the, that means we're in the sixth millennial. We're ending the sixth millennial. So we're about to go into the seventh very soon. And if you look at Genesis, how it said that God created the, the heavens and the earth in seven days. Right? Yes. Or the earth. And oh, we're in days. the six days and he rested on the seventh so we're we're going into the rest resting period so it, it, it to me it it's connected i just don't know why it, it kind of makes you think it's what me and you were talking about with the numbers game right. you know it, it's those it's those little odd numerical innuendos that god laid out throughout this entire book that kind of gives us clues to the the truth more that we don't know there's a lot that we don't know and and that's the way i look at it i mean it's very interesting so if you take that as a and heed that as a warning we've got very little time before the day of rest comes whatever that means because that's that's what it was for for the creation of the earth but and then so what does that mean i mean i know i'm rambling on but it it got that veil in front of me and i start thinking about stuff and all of a sudden boom i just squirrel and it's (laughs) like You know what? Turn the page. <laughs> Let's go <laughs> to the next one. Yeah. It'll come back to me. Uh,
0: very interesting.
1: Let's finish this real quick. we got two verses to go. And this, this is some more talking, talking points as well.
4: And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Hmm. They hiding,
1: to... Nick. They're hiding in the in the holes there, Mary.
0: They're, they're hiding.
1: They ashamed. Y'all, I'm excited about the next couple of chapters. I know we're gonna go over it another day, but I read on. I ain't gonna lie. I'm sorry, <laughs> but fair, right? i had, I had never read I never read Revelation and. I knew what it was about. I knew what it meant. It's been explained to me in layman's terms in this simple conversation like we're having now. But I never actually dove into it and just to you know, be able to feel how, just how graphic it is without it being a full-on Hollywood you know, um, performance. You know what I mean? It feels that way. When your spirit's right, the information feels like an impact that you've never felt before. I do want to touch up real quick on, and I had it in oh, rapture. That's, that's, that's a thing that I, that's insane to
0: me that you're bringing that up because just not even two seconds ago, I was thinking rapture in my head and what me and you talked about.
1: Well, and it's, it's a little more enlightening for me. And again, this is, we like to throw around on the, the main podcast we do. This is my opinion. And it was just newly formed and I'm still working on it. So it's a, it's a work in progress. But, I wonder if, and it's more of a question than an absolute, but I wonder the people at the throne, at the foot of the throne that were pleading with God to you know, get, avenge them and God saying, look, in due time, there's more to come. There's more of, of, our, of my servants to, to appear. To, to, they're still yet to die. I wonder if that first wave of thousands upon a thousand, and that's not how they said it, but I imagine there's a lot of people um, like the the 144,000, right? Something like that. If that is the people that that experience the rapture, and then there's a next wave of of enlightened children of God, that after all this is occurring, they they instead of denounce God, they accept God, and they repent, and that's yeah. what they're talking about. Maybe. Because when you watch a when you watch a show, a series like um left behind the main character was left behind he did not experience the rapture rapture, and he's left wondering well here i am living what i thought was a pretty good life you know uh, obedient servant of the lord but in reality there were things that he had to discover about himself and and to repent for and things like that so i've always believed that the rapture was kind of odd um, I know there's a place in, it in the Bible and I know that it talks about it and there's a purpose and I know it's a thing, but I've never really understood it. Why would based on what I did know about revelation, there was some holes in the timeline, I guess you could say from the time that the rapture occurs. And, and, and it's almost like if you don't get picked, you're done. You know, if you don't yeah. get picked up, you know, and, and that's it. You don't have a chance, but that's really, to me, that's not what this, these no, three think, scriptures are saying, I think, yeah. I don't. I think there's still a chance. A chapter, to an extent. Um, there's multiple chances, actually. I mean, even when the people are hiding the in the mountains and behind rocks, they're still given a chance to to change. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's that's that now. No, I'm going to give a disclaimer because I like legality, right? That I am not at all saying that you've got four or five extra chances beyond being a expert to experience the rapture being chosen you might as well get your get your life right now and take that first plane ticket out of here that's right okay i mean why not but as in everything in life and the fact that we're not perfect we don't always catch that plane on time <laughs> we have to wait <laughs> for the next one
2: So, and I think that's one of the reasons why, and it's obviously it's very interesting to study revelation, but I think to, to kind of put things in perspective for me in this life, there's death there, there is no eternal life on earth. So every man has to die. Every man, woman, you know, has to die. In order to be able to have a chance to get to heaven. So whether we're preparing for the end of time and that happens in our lifetime or whether we're preparing for the end of our time, we need to be preparing for the end on a regular basis.
0: So you're saying you have to die in order to do that. So the rapture happens. He comes in and just kills the people so he can take them. That's what, is that what's happening?
2: Well, except for Enoch, obviously the, your body doesn't enter heaven. Your body is changed for those who are left on earth. When Jesus returns to earth, um, they will ascend to meet him. But they change as far as i know enoch was the only one that you know ascended to heaven in a chariot of fire and that would have been really cool to witness by the way just saying um
0: i'm talking like rapture wise
2: well i'm just saying that our our bodies go through like we don't take our bodies with us to heaven. Oh yeah i know that so well, ask me what you asked me again so that I can understand the question.
0: When the rapture happens, we'll read it again. Maybe I'm wrong because when I read Revelations, it was like a year ago.
1: Well, well, let me, let me see if I can help you out, Nick, by saying what I've always kind of believed, that the rapture was not going to be a disappearance of a, a multitude of people. It was going to be a, a either a mass um, die-off, physical body die-off, And then all these spirits ascending at one time, or like we were talking about, how do we know that that the rapture is not a long-term thing? All these senseless deaths of children, uh, the elderly who have lived great lives, Christian lives, um, just ill-timed deaths that, that doesn't make any sense. I had a friend of mine tell you a little story real quick that I, didn't know too well. He wasn't a member of my doctrine, but he visited a lot. And he was probably the best example that that, that, that doctrine, quote, unquote, demanded, right, that I'd ever seen. And he was only about 14 years old. Hmm. He, was, he was so Christlike in his dealings. And there was no fakeness about him. He just had this ability to calm people. It's and awesome. and talk a certain way and be so supportive. And we've met people like that, you know. You've met you meet young folk like that that have just have the super spirit that it's infectious and they they, they make you want to understand um, your neighbor, your fellow man, and be more forgiving and kind. And he was that way. And then a few years later he was killed in a car accident. Eesh. Why he was doing so good with people and he came from a, a pretty rough background and maybe why he was the way he was but at least around us the same age group that he he was it was so easy for him and us to see hey this is this is the kind of person I want to be and he had even lived a fraction of the life that most that a lot of people live and and make a lot of mistakes so i i guess my point of that story is the rapture could be that it's a hand picked chosen of uh people who who have lived like that and just die over a period of time or all at once and because i I believe what mary said i believe this you have to go through the 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 set in place system not system um what jesus you have to walk through jesus's shoes you have to walk his life to to be resurrected to have eternal life and that includes dying this is why he had to die. He had to be crucified. We we know that it's because he bled because of our sins. He was punished for our sins, but that process included dying. So who's not to say that you have to physically die? You don't have to physically. I mean, I, I you know I kind of lean towards that. That's so I don't. Maybe somebody that watches this can be a little more, can clarify a little bit more what rapture actually. We can look it up, dictionary, whatever, but. I have actually heard people say that it was just it's like a disappearance of people. It's a vanishing of of well, saintly type people.
0: That's what I thought I remembered reading and we'll, when we get there, we'll see what it reads again. I can't remember. yeah. yeah. Um, I got one thing quick I want to bring up because the number the one forty four thousand come up, which we've talked about recently before. And I want to start before I say something because I found this when I was looking up something the other day. But I want to ask Mary because me and you talked about that one forty four thousand Ferris, right? Mary, just briefly, what do you know? What is the one forty four thousand?
2: Well, it's kind of hard to talk about it without going beyond what we've already, like what we're gonna get into it. Let's let's Um, save
1: that. Let's save that then. Let's let's wait. I'm a man of mystery when it comes to reading ahead. I know I read ahead, but she's right there. there. I think that will be answered. We can leave this as yeah. kind of like a cliffhanger.
2: Yeah. I, it's, I, it, it's gonna, it's gonna speak more about it as, as we continue, especially in chapter seven.
1: I will say this, I will say this. If we go off of, let's say 144,000 is, is people, right? And, for every one person, that's equal to a thousand people in God's eyes. So when you multiply 144,000 times a 1, thousand, it's actually 144 million.
0: Which that's interesting.
1: Consequently, Mary is roughly a third of our country's population. Anyway.
2: All right.
0: Well, then I'll just do this then. I'll speak of what, over the years of talking to different people that read the Bible and whatnot, and what some say, I think it's a certain denomination that says it, and then what I read yesterday. So I've heard people say that there's 144,000 people selected, and they're going up. All us other ones are not, that people got it wrong, and there's not going to be this rapture where we're all going up there. There's there's that 144,000, and those are the only ones going. There's there's groups that say that.
1: So the amount of people that could fill up the largest stadium in the world. That's all that's going. If you tell me that all the Cowboys fans one Sunday is going to be raptured up to heaven, (laughs) I swear (laughs) to you.
0: (laughs) So here's something I read, though, which was interesting compared to where it came from. Me and Linda were up driving, going to the fair to see Trey Atkins, And... On the way there, we came to a couple of intersections with Jehovah Witnesses standing on the corners. All right. And we got in a conversation of, we just don't understand them. And Linda's like trying to say, yeah, they got some weird belief thing or whatever. So I never really understood them. So just real quick while we're headed to the fair, I kind of looked into it a little bit. I I Googled it. And I read a few of the things they believe. And one of the things they say is that 144,000 is... People chosen to to help, like co-rule, in a sense. Like it's kind of like Amazon. You have your head dude, and he's got all however many Amazon employees helping. Right, the hundred forty-four thousand is like Jesus's employees. Put it that way. That's how they. It's his, it's his cabinet. Yeah.
1: Well, I like, would, I would, I would question too. Is that one hundred forty-four thousand that would be living at the time that this occurs? or is that 144,000 across the span of humanity.
0: Good question.
1: Because what we were I talking about I'm earlier glad. saints and sinners things like I that think... you know you got Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was done.
2: I was just going to say I think I'm glad that I, it's not my place to judge that that I'm not god. Um I know the Bible says many are called and few are chosen. Um, so I think the amount of people that are, you know, going to be allowed into the pearly gates is going to be a small number in comparison to the people that don't make it. Oh, um, definitely. What is that number? I, I don't know, and nobody. Does. I, I don't think anybody does, and nope. I don't think that anybody can claim. That 144,000 or whatever number is the amount of people that are going to go to heaven. Because then it's, you know, it's like it's already set in stone.
0: We're wasting our time. Now,
2: at the same time, God already knows what's going to happen. He knows what choices we're going to make before we make them. He knows every, he knows how many hairs are on our head. He hears each sparrow fall. God is all knowing. So I God knows. Into the but. We do not know. And I tell you, we can only I, speculate.
1: I can tell you with almost a profound certainty for some reason in my, my heart, my mind, I will not be among the 144,000. Because the way I look at it, if that is true, what, what Jehovah Witness believes, um, which seeing how that's the only definition we have right at the moment. I think that's meant for spiritual leaders. And I'm not that in my my, my own perception of myself. But however, I am a, a friend of my neighbor. I do like to help people. And I feel like I'm going to be chosen to stay behind and, <laughs> and continue that work right. to try to help people. And that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. I'm not a person that fears death. I'm not a person that fears um, challenge, whether it's self-induced or from somebody else.
0: I think if that's the case and 144,000, if it was that where they're like co-rulers or whatever they call them, I think it's across the board. I think like Peter and them are going to be bringing, brought back and if they're going to be part of that
1: 145. See that's without that with, across explanation. You know, along the lines of other denominations, yet maybe we'll get some more. I'm kind of am with you. I'm like, I think it's a span since Adam and Eve to now, or to Mm -hmm. the near future. Um, All the great spiritual leaders, and it could be uh, different from different denominations, choice people that, um, because they were so devout in their belief in Christianity even though they were possibly in error in some things or interpreted some things wrongly they still did massive work in in the lord's name and and they deserved a spot of that 144,000 right. true because of the work they did um i give you an example um any pope in history right um any non-denominational leader you know of 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 um I'd say massive population of that denomination, whatever that means, and or um, and I, personally, people are going to say this is weird because I mean, other people, and I'm not being a, as they say, a homer, for example, biased, but the prophet of the LDS Church or prophets, because despite what people believe, I've I've never actually met a president of the LDS, not in person. I have seen many of them live. On telecast and during services and things like that. And I believe with all my heart that these, for the majority, I don't know of any that would fall, but I'm going to go ahead and say as a disclaimer the majority of prophets of the LDS church have been good people. You know, they've been chosen by a certain method, which is um, divine uh, prayer, you know, fasting, things like that. They get to the point where, okay, well, they're not elected, they're, they're chosen, which, which kind of can rub people the wrong way. I am, I'm not going to lie about that. I, I, I get that, but that's just the way it is. And I'm telling you, these they're, they're good people. They're, but,
2: sorry. No, I was just going
1: to say, and so are popes, and so are um, a lot of Baptist preachers. And that's the whole point of us coming together like this is to acknowledge that. So when you're talking about who could be, who would be qualified. If, again, if we're going off of that explanation of the 144,000, who would be qualified to be among those? That's an open question we have yet to discover yep. the answer to.
2: So if you want, and I'm not saying this is my perspective, I'm just saying this is a couple of different perspectives. Um, there are some Jews that believe, and I won't say all because I don't know all Jews, um, but some Jews believe that the 144,000 are, um, uh, people who have special protection of God and they're kept safe from divine judgment. Um, well, there, that's definitely
1: not me then. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there are also people who believe that because of revelation 14, four, um, the The hundred and forty four thousand is basically ones who have not been defiled with women, um, so they're virgins. Yeah. So there's obviously there's lots of different viewpoints from different perspectives about. So it's not
1: anybody in Hollywood either. Okay, gotcha. The hundred and forty four
2: thousand. <laughs> um there's also one of the things that i was looking at that says uh it comes from the gospel coalition says who are the 144,000 in revelation it says it's not to be taken literally oh and i just moved my screen um but basically that they're servants of god um And then it says that the number itself is stylized. It's twelve by twelve by one thousand minus twelve, being the number of the completion for God's people, representing the twelve tribes of Israel and twelve apostles of the Lamb. So it's it's saying it's suggestive to mean a great multitude.
0: Yeah, I have seen yeah. that. Well, it's also, no, as, say it's that. God's servants, which would be what the co-rulers are. They're serving God.
2: There's, obviously, there's lots of different perspectives and lots of different viewpoints and lots of different opinions. Um, and, you know, that's why we study. That's, that's why right. we read so that we can, you know, come to our own conclusion and a lot of things are very easy because you know it's cut and dry, simple. This is what God said, and this is exactly what it means. Revelation is a little different from the other books in the Bible. I think it's, it's a lot not different. Quite as cut and dry. Um, so, with that being said, I also have a disclaimer. And you can edit this out if you like. But um, in the beginning, when we had a moment of silence to pray, you said, Nick, and I'm talking to you for this, um, you said, let's take a minute and pray to the Holy Ghost. I want to throw a disclaimer out there that personally, my belief is I pray to God the Father. But I know that Jesus and the Holy Spirit intervene on my behalf. Like, it doesn't mean that they don't hear the prayer. If I, if I'm praying according to God's will, then they all hear it. But I believe that Jesus, the son and the Holy ghost and God are three separate entities but they're united. They're all divine. They're in a partnership. If that makes sense. I pray
0: to all three. The only reason why I mentioned pray to the Holy Ghost is because the Holy Ghost is what is given upon you to help you to understand the Word.
2: Right, and and I get that, but you know, for some. But I say it, that's that, it,
0: this is why I, we say also. Let's take a moment to all pray to ourselves because you can pray however you want to get the word done be understood.
2: And and that's why I said you can edit this part out if you want to. But I don't want, you know, I don't want anybody to think, you know, if they don't personally pray to the Holy Ghost that, oh, well, I'm not going to pay attention to this Bible study because they're already doing something that, you know, I don't like (laughs) or I don't agree with.
1: Well, if I could chime. There, but... If I could chime in for a minute, I, I think the only thing that needs to be edited is anytime we say edit, take that <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> with that being said, I think I think, Mary, that I, I, obviously we've had this discussion, but for those that haven't heard the discussion, I am more in line with you, Mary, on mm-hmm. on that belief with a slight difference. No, maybe not a difference, but just to maybe reiterate and 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 clarify, the Holy and, and Nick, you said it this way too. Um, but the Holy Ghost to me is a presence that is meant to make a person humble for one and to give you the the, the right mental or, or verbal words um, after searching your heart, your mind to talk to God right. in the name of Jesus Christ, the way that Jesus did it. So that is, the, that is the Godhead to me. That is the process. That's the, to me, that's the only way to say a successful prayer. When we sit there and we're about to have an accident, we see it coming like a vehicle accident, we say, "Oh God, help, you know we, that's a prayer, but it's not, it's not a, uh, a, one of humility, It's not one of sincerity. It's one of uh, necessity in the moment. And doesn't doesn't, that's that not to say that God didn't hear it. If you yell it loud enough, you probably did. I mean, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So I think, in a way, and this is why we came together like this. So, those listening, I want you to listen to everybody, what every, all of us just said. It's so interesting because there's slightly little nuanced differences in the way that we just pray. But the point is, as long as you have those three um, divine beings in mind, your prayer will be successful and the fact that you have to do it that that's just you need to do it doesn't I matter think, what you say
2: i think we also are supposed to pray according to god's will now don't get me wrong i don't think that means we can't tell god our heart's desire for example we're told to pray for the sick so do we pray for the sick yeah of course we do But we can't expect that every time somebody is sick or on their deathbed that God is going to heal them because if everybody that was prayed for when they were sick or dying was healed, then nobody would ever have the chance to go to heaven. We would just live forever and ever on this earth. So I think we can tell God in our prayer or, you know, whatever our heart's desire is as long as we say you know your will be done then he hears our prayers i don't think we should ask god to you know move a mountain or you know pray for him to send us a unicorn that you know has money coming out of its horn (laughs) <laughs> to live in our backyard. <laughs> I I don't think that, you know, we're, I don't think that's something that God tells us to pray about.
1: That was good.
0: I it enjoyed was. that. I hope you people out there really enjoyed good. it. And I hope you comment on some of the stuff we're talking about because we'd like to know what you think.
2: Yeah.
1: Obviously, I have no problem admitting my ignorance, even when I should have known it to begin with. That's actually considered stupidity. So, on me, whatever. So, Tell us where we're ignorant. Tell us where we messed up. You know. Tell us where you think uh, what your your belief is. We we welcome that. We like diversity. Let's let's see where it goes. You know.
2: Yeah.
1: Mary. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: All
0: right. Well, with that, everybody. Till the next study. Barris, Mary.
2: I enjoy you guys, and I appreciate you guys.
0: Assalamualaikum. Later, guys.